This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 3 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcast and community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their parenthood adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from mental health to technology to faith, teenagers, toddlers, self-care routines, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We hope you listen in, share with your favorites, and are reminded that you're not alone. We look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Hey guys, it's Susanna. Thanks for being here. If you're new, thanks for checking us out. We have tons of great content on so many things, everything from mental health to parenting dinner time to teenagers and toddlers and faith and so much more. If you're a regular, thanks for checking out another episode. I am so grateful for you. And so today I have a pretty interesting episode with Bonnie Gray. And so I'm excited to bring this to you guys. Bonnie asked me some tough questions that I'm not used to answering on the podcast. You know, usually I'm the one answering the questions and Bonnie kind of puts me on the spot. We have this kind of really vulnerable conversation that ties into the work that she's doing. And so Bonnie um, is writing a book that's coming out like right as soon as this episode is coming out in early April. It's called Breathe, 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. And so Bonnie's work is centered around bringing some of these things that we learn in therapy, like breathing techniques and um, journaling and mental health wellness and like matching that with the peace of God. And so bringing Bible verses into this. And so her devotional is really quite special and something that I haven't really seen out there where she's bringing a lot of these tools that a lot of people are, are using and, and putting it with some faith-based work. And so I'm, I'm thrilled. We talk about wellness in the interview. We talk about spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, social wellness, and physical wellness. You'll have to listen in to see which one uh, I'm struggling with the most. And she just is a, a patient listener and a, a wonderful sort of brings her 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 wisdom and calmness to the podcast episode and I think you guys are really gonna like her so um, this one is really about seeking peace seeking rest slowing down being intentional with um, cultivating wellness for ourselves and for our family and y'all I think you're gonna love it if you do uh, we'd love your review on Spotify or Amazon or uh, tag us in your Instagram stories and of course always share in real life Um, with your friends. So I want to drop you guys in. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for being here. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 Shift with Susanna. I have Bonnie Gray on the podcast today, and I am thrilled because she is bringing a message that we all need. So Bonnie, uh, I'm going to start with, I do a little rapid fire introduction. So there's five questions. And so you can kind of quickly answer those so we can hop right into some of the things we were just talking about off air. So the first one is, where did you grow up? I grew up in San Francisco, Chinatown. I was born in San Francisco, Chinatown to a mail order bride from Hong Kong. Oh my goodness. And married a stranger, was my dad. <gasps> and they were both, they, they both did not graduate from high school. And the first in my family to graduate from high school, 
and college. Oh my goodness. So that's a long little story in a nutshell about where I was born. And the miracle of why I'm even here is through God's hands, guiding my life from brokenness to beauty. Oh my goodness. I feel like we could just have a podcast on just that. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then my second question is, where do you live now? I live just 45 minutes from San Francisco <laughs> Chinatown. It's in a little city called Mountain View, but it's the headquarters of LinkedIn as well as Google. So um, it's just kind of like two different worlds. Oh, I believe you know. It. Yes. And then when we step out through the door, it's another world, which is all tech. It's very competitive. And yet as a family, my husband and I, our goal is to help our kids live a very spiritual, rich inner life. So this this whole topic of lowering stress, how do we actually do it in a world that's full of stress is very real. And yeah. I'm so thankful that I get a chance to talk with you about it with our listeners today. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. The next question is, and I feel like you might struggle with this based on what you just told me, but what is one of your favorite foods or restaurants? I feel like that could be hard. <laughs> uh, okay. So the Chinese American side of me loves something called dim sum. Oh yeah. And it's like a uh, small plates. It's kind of like hors d'oeuvres of handmade uh, Chinese appetizers. That's the way I like to describe it. And then my other Chinese American side of me, I did marry a blonde hair, blue eyed boy, Eric, <laughs> and he's from a lumber mill town oh, wow. in Washington. Yep. So my children, I say, hey, you have, you know, two cultural heritages, Irish American and Chinese American. Wow. And so that other side of me loves pizza. <laughs> I love pizza. When I first met my husband, he's like, what's your favorite food? We were on our first date. And I said, pizza. And he's like, no, seriously, what is your favorite food? He thought I was joking. I go, no, I'm serious. I love pizza. He's like, no way. I love pizza. <laughs> well, it sounds like so, your kids are very well-rounded then. Yes, we have pizza and we have dim sum. Yes. Oh, I love it. All right. So let's dive in a little bit to this topic. My last question, which is really a segue into the topic at hand, is you're writing and you've, you've written several books kind of on this idea of resting and slowing down and, um, you know, chaos to calm. And so why did you start writing about this? Why was this laid or how was this laid on your heart to really like sort of pursue as a message that you felt like women needed to hear? Well, I myself, I knew Christ. I came to know Christ when I was eight years old. And um, it was a very like emotional moment for me because my father left when I was seven. And so I was the oldest in my family. So I'm the typical overly responsible, taking yeah. care of everybody else. And it was a joy for me. Like I could only feel good if I felt everybody else was doing good. Mm. And in the earlier part of my life, God really helped me to be that encourager and be that overcomer and be the first in my family to, you know, graduate from college, you know, all those things that we typically associate it with um, having faith. But when I became a mom to two boys, they're now 14 and 17. I felt like I just exhaled, mm. Susanna. I just felt like, okay, whew, I finally made it through my difficult child. I, thanks to God, I overcame all these hard things. And now I can finally build this beautiful new family. Yeah. I can start from scratch. Mm. But it was at that <laughs> very moment that I started having panic attacks. Mm. 
And I was never Ugh. a person that was what you might call like nervous or stressed out. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person in your church would be like, Hey, you know, let's start a women's group and let's go do this. And I was a Bible study trainer. Uh, I love Bible study. You know, I'm kind of like that typical encourager type person, but I didn't know what to do, Susanna, when I actually started experiencing anxiety and depression and I didn't know why. Yeah. And I just wanted to share this because many people right now having survived post-pandemic, we've all been pushed past our limit. Oh, yeah. So even if you've had a really wonderful childhood, different from mine and loving parents, none of us are robots. Like we can't just continue to push ourselves and there's no cost. Like our bodies are going to give out, our emotional reserves are going to get drained. And it's not a cause for like shame or hiding, but that's exactly what I did, Susanna. I was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to tell anybody because Mm. if I tell the people that I serve with or my friends, they're, they're going to start, you know, I felt labeling me. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, oh, it's because of this. Are, are you trusting God in this? Or, oh, you maybe you're being too controlling or um, you're, 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 you're trying to, you're trying to do this too much or you're too busy, blah, blah, blah. These are the kind of typical first things people would say to me. Mm. And it was so hurtful because it made me withdraw more. Yeah meaning hide it more, you know, but my body wouldn't allow me to hide it. So many of us may be there right now. Like, you know what? I'm doing good. I'm fine. But then, oh, I can't fall asleep at night. Yep. Um, Why am I always worrying? I can't stop this overthinking or, oh gosh, I just woke up and I just don't want to get out of bed. I I don't want to do anything. I, I don't feel any joy. So these are kind of things that are secrets we hide in our hearts. And what I learned, because I had to get a relief, because I my babies, they were just two and a baby, two years old and a baby. So I literally had to like help myself. Had I to. secretly yeah. went to, yeah, I secretly went to see a therapist. To me, was it at the time, because I had believed in the myth that, oh, if I see a counselor or a therapist, it meant my faith was flawed. Mm. Or like I failed as a mom. Right. I failed as a woman of God. Like, oh, you know, isn't Jesus enough? You know, these were kind of the 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 myths, the messages. And so when I went to go see him, I said, I don't know what's wrong. Like I have a loving husband. I, I'm a really strong believer. I have lots of friends. It was like I was listing all these things to kind of convince him yeah. that I'm I'm okay. But he said, Well, Bonnie, did you know that a soldier doesn't experience panic attacks or anxiety when he's being strong and fighting on the battlefield? Very resourceful helping his friends and overcoming, fighting. And it's only when he goes home, when he's feeling safe, then the nervous system that God created in us can relax. And that's when your body can express what it could not at the time you were in survival mode. That's so interesting. I don't think I've ever heard it put quite like that. Yeah, I wanted to really share this with everyone because that was my aha moment. That let all the fear and shame of people judging me let go because he said, Bonnie, it isn't because you've done anything wrong. It's the opposite. It's because you've done good, girl. You've been strong. You've been taking care of everybody or everything and you've overcome so much. So now you're in a place where you're safe. 
And now your nervous system is just doing what it was originally created to do. So I want every woman to listen and be affirmed right now because you may have pushed through to take care of, say, your child or your parents, or maybe you're single and you push through so that you can survive that pandemic on your own by yourself, uh, uncertain about your future or your job. Maybe you've gone through a health crisis, or maybe it's not you. It's somebody you love has gone through a health crisis, your husband or a job crisis. All those things you've been strong for, there will always come a time where we need to replenish. We need to heal. We need to refill what we've given out. So it's not something wrong with us. Every time those lights, kind of like a car, those dash lights come up, it says, oh, oil tank empty, or we need to replace the oil. It's it's not a it's not that there's something wrong with the car. It's just we need to replenish and refill what we've poured out. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Oh my goodness. That I think is going to be really helpful, Bonnie. So thank you for sharing that story. You talk about these four R's, these four R's that kind of transform moments of chaos to calm. Will you talk to us more about that? Yes. Uh, those four R's are part of the rhythm that's part of this new book I'm talking about, which is called Breathe, 21 Ways to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. I picked the top 21 stressors that we all face. So through this journey of healing, I started a ministry and that's what this book is, why I wrote it. Okay. Uh, to answer your original question, yeah, is that many women feel guilty or selfish for wanting to take better care of themselves. And so, but when we see that these are 21 stressors in four different areas of our wellness, we can, once we know something, it's our superpower as like moms or, or nurturing women to then say, oh, okay, if there's this problem here, I can, you know, put my mind to solving it. So sure. these 21 stressors will have 20 different, one different solutions based on scripture and science. And these are the ones that I used for my healing journey, and I also practice with my family. Okay. So actually, as before I get into the four R's, I wanted to invite everybody to take a soul care quiz. Okay. The soul care quiz is at soulcarequiz.com, and it'll run you through these 21 different stressors. You won't know which one's which, but at the end of this soul care quiz, you will see which area of wellness you are missing the most. Oh, so that four sounds areas interesting. Yes, the four areas wellness is emotional wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, and social wellness. Okay. So um, I know you probably haven't taken it yet, but it'd be curious, like when I just listed those four, Susanna, which area of wellness do you feel that you are missing the most? What'd you say? Emotional, physical, spiritual, social? Hmm. Yes. I would say, am I allowed to be a quarter of each? <laughs> Um, I don't know, Bonnie. That's a good question. I feel like I'm in a season where I very much am go, go, go. Like I have too much stuff on my plate. And so I feel like sometimes that steals from a couple of them. Will you define for me emotional and social wellness? And then I'll, I think I will have my answer. Oh, that's so good. And I think it's so good you're being vulnerable to pause and for us to think about it. And this is actually part of like soul care. So mm -hmm. the ministry I was talking about that 
began out this 10-year journey of healing is something I never knew about, which is called soul care. Okay. And it's about nurturing the soil of your heart, nurturing your inner self in these four areas. So for emotional wellness, this is about how much are you able to express the negative emotions that you're experiencing and doing things to nurture your emotional overwhelm. So kind of looking throughout your day, like, what are the feelings that you're feeling? So not looking at how much you're getting done, mm-hmm. but what are the emotions you're feeling? So that is emotional wellness. Are you are you more in a place of peace and joy? Again, not the truth of believing you have peace or joy. We, we know that women of faith, we believe it with our minds. Mm-hmm. But are we experiencing peace or joy? If I were to ask you to chart in color, red, orange, or green. And this is part of the tool in this book that, Mm -hmm. you know, you would do. If you were to chart how you're feeling, would it be red, which is in like survival crisis mode or orange, just getting things done more like everyday stress modes or green, which is nothing to do with getting things done, but just enjoying something pleasurable or enjoying something peaceful or something that brings you joy. So that's emotional wellness. Like if you were to color code your day, which which color would be more dominant? Hmm. Okay. So then there's social wellness. Now, this is not about um, you know having people in your lives and being well networked or networked. It's about having maybe just one to three friends that you can spend that quality time being yourself and doing those things that are in the green zone giving you joy or comfort. The the peace part is the comfort, encouragement, confiding, or the the other part of uh, green is about joy, like laughing, having mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. play. Okay. So that's what social wellness is about as it relates to soul care. Okay. Well, um, thank you for those awesome definitions. I mean, I would probably say my biggest deficit is probably more in the emotional category because, you know, lots of reasons, but you mentioned kind of survival mode. Uh, my little guy is not sleeping very well. He probably has some things we need to look into. It's the end of a semester. And so I feel like I'm not very good at expressing some of those frustrations. Would that be, does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so powerful for you to just be vulnerable to share that because it immediately connects us to you. It immediately connects all of us together because this this is actually, studies have shown that women, this is statistics, burn out more than men. Yeah, I believe and that. And it's because we're shock absorbers for emotional stress. Like not only are we carrying our own emotions, you know, we don't have space. It's like, oh, well, we would it would be great, but you know, I, I, it's my children, I'm absorbing their stress and or my husband or my friends, or if you're serving in ministry or you have a job, it's like, we're constantly absorbing so much stress. And so we don't have space where we can nurture those emotions. And so we tend to put them to the side, but our nervous system, scientifically, the way we're made that got created us, we can hold it temporarily, but we think if we hold it temporarily, oh, it's gone, we're fine. And then we keep doing, right? But eventually it'll catch up with us. 
Yeah. Not because there's something bad happening. <laughs> like our bodies weren't made to hold it inevitably. So it starts expressing itself, like say irritability, overwhelm, getting angry or feeling depressed. Some people are not connected to anger, but they'll just be depressed. Yeah. And so a lot of times we don't understand why, like, well, everything's fine. I'm just doing what I've always done. Like, what's wrong with me? And so we are too hard on ourselves. We're so harsh on ourselves. And we don't realize, but once this journey and going through this book, you look at these stressors, you're like, oh, well, that's why. Okay. It's not because I'm a bad mom. It's not because I'm a terrible person. Oh my gosh. I've been running on fumes. Like, no wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. You're like, I feel like you're speaking my language right here. (laughs) Well, um, that's part of the encouragement. So these four R's are related to these four areas of wellness. So the rhythm, the rhythm that we usually teach ourselves, okay, when we don't have soul care. And by the way, I want to just state right now that soul care originates from Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm, Amen. So, and he says, and you will find rest for your soul. So notice Jesus doesn't say, you'll find rest for your mind. Hmm. He says, you will find rest for your soul. And so a lot of times when we are stressed, our go-to automatic response as moms is to problem solve. Okay, if I'm stressed or this is causing me frustration, what can I do to solve this problem? Yep. Okay, so that's, that's, that's good because Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So the mind is one part of it. I mean, obviously we want to use our mind. That's great. But in terms of stress relief and lowering anxiety and stress and worry, guess what research shows us will lower stress, anxiety, and worry? It's not the left brain. Left brain is the logic problem solving. That actually increases stress and anxiety. And when I say increased stress and anxiety, I'm talking about our our, the way our body responds. And part of our body is our brain. So when we're stressed, guess what? Your brain is going to kick into overthinking mode. Yes. Negative rumination. Hmm. And it's actually supposed to be a good thing because when you're in a survival mode, fight, flight, or freeze, it's called fight, flight, or freeze. God designed our brains to only focus on problem solving because you're in a survival mode. It doesn't want you to feel anything because you got to solve that problem. The issue though, is when we're not in that survival mode, not, we can't be in it constantly. We can't turn it off by just thinking our way through studies show the way to activate our body's counterbalancing mode is called rest and relaxation response. Hmm. It's a counterbalancing mode that God put in us. But here's the interesting thing. The key, the secret is that we have to turn it on. We have to activate it. So how do we do that, Bonnie? Yes. So that's the book. You need to get the book. Oh. You need to get the book. Yeah, but, but I know I'm a little joking with you, but I really do want everybody to get the book because it's the handbook and the guidebook I use as a mom. Uh, because once I learned this, that's exactly the question I asked. Well, like, what is it? Like, let me, let me, yeah. let me be expert yeah. on this. <laughs> um, so the four hours is related to this rhythm is one, it's called refresh. So breathe in the truth. Okay. When I say breathe in the truth, it it's specifically breathe in words of affirmation from God. So a lot of times when we read scripture, we study it from an inductive Bible study method. It's just acquiring the knowledge. Yes. Okay. But when we breathe in the truth, we want to hear God's affirmation towards us in our situation of stress. Yes. So that's a different kind of breathing in God's voice and word. And here's the catch, though. You can't hear that loving, gentle whisper 
unless you're taking time out for yourself. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's, that's the catch, but it's also the beauty. So yes. because we're all, you know, women here as parents, we can talk about sex. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, how can a woman enjoy this most intimate act? Well, it's by relaxing, right? Right. You have to relax. Like the minute you're in that thinking mode, you're not going to be able to enjoy this very intimate experience with our spouse. And it's so interesting, the verse that says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 4610. A lot of times I told you about, like I had wrong messages spoken to me about mental health wellness. Well, one, one reaction from one woman said, well, Bonnie, you just need to be still and know that God is God. And I was like, okay, I, I, I'm taking quiet time. I'm not doing anything, but why am I, why is my stress and panic attacks not you know, diminishing? Well, I double clicked on it. And the root word for be still is relax. Relax. The root word for be still, rafa, in Hebrew means to loosen your grip and relax. Hmm. And the reason why I mentioned the word, the word, the, the, the experience we have when we're most intimate with our spouses about sex is because the word be still and know that I am God, the word know is not a knowledge knowing. It's not a mind truth knowing. It's yada, which is the same word when scripture says in Genesis, Adam knew Eve and they conceived a son. Hmm. It's the most intimate experience of God. So how can you experience God most intimately in our in your moment of need and stress and worry and crying and loneliness and desperation? It's through relaxing, having space in our life to relax and to enjoy. How did God make me as a woman? What are the things that bring me beauty? Yeah. What what makes me feel safe? What makes me feel alive again? You know, these questions are not unspiritual. These questions are very, very central and important to refilling our soul because that's where we're going to parent from. That's yeah. where we're going to be able to be a loving presence to our children and not just as robots, like serving them, right. but just being present, them getting to know you and your personality. So this whole area of soul care is very, very uh, powerful because it dares us to believe, who am I as a mother? Am I, is that separate from me as a woman? Hmm. Yeah. It's a question a lot of people ask. Yeah. And the answer is no. You, your first priority is to God to be the woman who God created you to be. And that means not just what you know and what you can do, but your emotional side, which is your right brain. And that kind of gets into the second R. So first is refresh. You have to refresh yourself with the truth of who you are and what you need and desire. There's a whole section in the book that talks about this, but um, you know, just to touch on it lightly, sometimes we just put our desires on the side because we think, okay, well, I'm a mom now. Um, now it's all about the kids. But yeah. in fact, scripture never delineates that. Once you're a mom, you have to stop desiring, stop having dreams, stop, you know, wanting to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, it says that uh, hope deferred makes, you know, a heart sad. Okay. So refreshing yourself with the truth, again, emotional truth, right? We're not talking about head knowledge truth. Second, 
uh, we want to release. So this is the breath prayer. The book okay. has 21 different breath prayers because when I was having panic attacks, I couldn't pray the way I was taught in Sunday school, which is like, you know, praise, thanksgiving, uh, supplication, um, you know, the, there's like yes. steps to like all the things you want to include in the prayer. Right. Like when, if you're trying to breathe and you're depressed, like your prayer right. is the first thing that goes out the door. Yes. Especially fancy prayers. Yes, exactly. You're, you're just not there. And no. so um, I asked God, I'm like, is there a different way to pray? Because like, I know I shouldn't be like separated from you, but I, I just, I don't even have anything to pray about. I have nothing to pray about. And so God started introducing this prayer practice came on my path as I was researching scripture and also science, um, you know, in dealing with my anxiety. There's something called breath prayers. And right now in secular society, breath work is very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with breath work? Like, you know, breathing in and mindfulness and breathing out and mantras? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. So that's really popular. So I was kind of asking God, well, like, how does this relate to you? Because everybody's like looking towards this breath work and mindfulness for stress relief and what they call meditation. Like, what about you, God? Like, as a woman of God, like, what do you have for me? And so God, I looked at the word breathe and breath, and there's over a thousand references to the word breathe and breath. Wow. So to release the stress, one thing that I found is that you use the uh, breathing in, inhaling, exhaling, breathing in, breathing out. And there's 21 different ways to integrate God's promises where you add his scripture as a way to breathe in and breathe out. And then also a way to express your emotions with God. So the focus in soul care is not so much submitting requests to God, but to express your emotions with God. Mm. And so studies do show when they do breath work without, and this is not from a Christian research group, it's from scientists, uh, when people compared people that meditated or did mantras, but had no spiritual element to it, you know, just saying things like, I'm okay, I'm confident, you know, versus people that did meditation, but it was spiritual, meaning for us, you know, you have scripture, you're talking to God. The anxiety lowered more powerfully with those who had the spiritual meditation instead of the secular meditation. Wow. I feel like that's very yes. compelling. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, for instance, one breath prayer I learned was just uh, saying Jesus's name and just telling him an emotion. Mm. Like, Jesus, I'm tired. Inhale, Jesus. Exhale, I'm tired. And I found that even as I did that, you know, like your shoulders will drop. You will activate that rest response I was talking with you about. Breathing will activate that rest response immediately. That's why breath work does work. But it's not as effective and deep when you don't do it without God. So, but when you do add it with God, then your mind and your emotions also rest. There's a study I love talking about uh, part of spiritual wellness. And um, a lot of people are shocked. I'm a soul care coach. And uh, one thing I do off a uh, part of my practice is to have people take the soul care quiz. And they said, I didn't know spiritual wellness was my biggest need. I, I think I'm pretty good on spiritual wellness, but it says that's my highest need. I said, well, it's because it's, it's about focusing your soul with mm. God. And so one thing is that we don't tend to talk to God about how we feel. We tell him what we're doing and what we want him to like intervene with us on. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with, um, you know, that petition prayer. Right. But um, 
there's another kind of prayer where is uh, based on UCLA, they have a brain imaging study. Okay. They had participants look at images and videos of people that are experiencing negative emotions like anger, stress, sadness, fear. They had biometrics hooked up to their bodies and they saw that when they were viewing just images of negative emotion, their bodies were stressed. Wow. Heart, yeah, heart rate was up, blood pressure. That's like us, you know, we're so yes. scared of our kids. Yes. <laughs> and we're just completely stressed out. And yet we have to like, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? But inside it is happening. But then when <laughs> they had them um, rewatch everything second time, the only thing different they asked them to do is to name the negative emotion they were watching. Okay, just name it. Just name it. Give okay. it a name. And then their bodies immediately went to activated that rest and relaxation response. Really? Yes, really. And it has it's all science. And it just tells us because science is really God's design. And I that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. Science is God's design for our bodies. So God did not design for us to hold it all in and never be able to name it or express it. And so a lot of times we are afraid. Sometimes people will say to me, well, Bonnie, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable talking about all this because that'll just make things worse. I don't want to feel it. I, I I mean, yeah, you know, but actually it's the opposite. Hmm. It's the opposite. It's actually called anxiety avoidance. It increases anxiety. So maybe for the time you think you're fine, but like I said, you start having these symptoms whether they're emotional, social, like social is one. Some people said, I don't know why, Bonnie. I've always loved being with people now. I don't want to see anybody. Oh, wow. I just, I just rather be home and be in my PJs and just, I like being by myself now. And obviously we all need that downtime. But when you see like there's a major shift where you're alone most of the time. And this kind of is leftover from our pandemic time because we had to adapt and get used to not seeing anybody. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of got used to it. Our brains got used to it, but um, <laughs> it's <laughs> not healthy for us. Yeah. So releasing stress, you know, is, is the other thing is like how much in your daily rhythm or your weekly rhythm, or maybe, you know, those who have uh, young babies, maybe it's a monthly rhythm where you yeah. can just do things where you can release your stress. I mean, I talked about naming it as one and that's part of the breath prayer, but there's a whole other like wonderful brainstorm of ideas on things that you do to release your stress. So let me ask you, what do you enjoy doing that helps you release your stress? In this season, I definitely working out. Uh, so I go to like a Y, I can drop the boys off and they love it in the child watch. That's definitely one. I write. That's like a really good way for me to process what I'm feeling. I like being outside when it's not cold. <laughs> We're That's getting wonderful. closer. I mean, those are probably... Those are probably like my at my fingertips things. Like if I'm feeling like really stretched, it's it's mm -hmm. the writing. And the writing, of course, I can do at 5 a.m. I don't have to leave the house. I can. So that's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And working out. Those are probably my two go-tos. I think that's great. Uh, studies show that if you journal for 10 minutes, not about what you're doing. Okay, this is check. Making a checklist is not journaling. <laughs> yeah, I do um, fall into that trap sometimes. Yes. So when you're journaling, um, you're supposed to journal how you feel. And just 10 minutes of it, and it doesn't even have to be every day. A lot of times we give up on journaling because you can't keep it up every day. Actually, just uh, 10 minutes once every even three months has been proven 
in a Harvard Health uh, study that it helps relieve stress and relieve uh, depression. And wow, the second thing you talked about is being outside. So taking a 10-minute walk outside lowers the stress hormone cortisol. Okay, that's that's the hormone that gets your brain overthinking and puts tension in your body so that you might have migraines or fibromyalgia mm-hmm. or it keeps you up at night. That's yeah. the quote-unquote bad hormone. But if you were to take a walk outside for 10 minutes, it lowers cortisol. Get this, more than 45 minutes at the gym. Wow, that is yeah. very, that is also very compelling. <laughs> Yeah. So going to gym is great because it does release stress um, and it's good for cardiovascular health. But if you're looking more towards mental health wellness, Mm. lowering cortisol stress in your body and releasing the opposite chemical, which is called serotonin. Okay. Mm. When you activate your rest and relaxation response by walking in nature, Okay, that's going to release something called serotonin. Now, when you work out, it's going to release dopamine. And that'll like give you a shot of like motivating. It's motivation. So it's good. It gets you like all, you know, pepped up and yeah, yay, you know. Yeah, let's, but let's if, do this Tuesday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, let's do this. But when you're talking about like a comfort, relaxation, soothing, calming, it's serotonin. And that comes from taking a walk outside. And that's the walk outside. That's and- the walk outside. And here's the other interesting thing I found out. Your body, and it's very popular. I just saw an article, Susanna, uh, this week. It said that there's going to be new uh, cereal where they add melatonin and soft drinks where they add melatonin. So that's going to be the next big thing. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, chocolate, they're going to add melatonin because people are struggling with sleep. Yeah. So melatonin is what helps your body feel relaxed and sleepy. Well, guess what? Science shows us that the more serotonin, now, remember, that's the chemical that gets released when you do something that brings you peace mm-hmm. or joy. Your body at night when it gets dark, your body, God designed it so amazing. Your body will start taking the serotonin that's in your body and converts it to melatonin. Hmm. So the more activities you have during the day that help you be in more in that green zone we talked about, yeah, the more you'll have serotonin for your body to convert to melatonin so that you can be more sleepy and relax. And then your brain activates that rest response and it'll stop overthinking as much. Wow. I feel like, so the, you think whole, about, I feel like the whole world could use that. <laughs> Yes, I mean maybe it's just the, the Northeast, but uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people who could really benefit from sleeping better. Yeah, and you wonder, like on vacation, right? Like, oh, why do I sleep so well on vacation? Well, it's because during the day, yeah, you know, you're doing more of those green zone activities. Yeah, you are. The other thing you can start brainstorming and thinking about is um, doing something with your hands. So uh, this one is really good for uh, emotional wellness. This is a tip I talk about in the book. Okay. Is, um, Things that activate your right brain, um, which is the emotional part of your brain. Remember I was saying that's the part that lowers stress, not the thinking part, problem solving. Mm -hmm. That increases it. So you got to lower it. Is doing something with your hands that uses your hands. So for instance, if you play an instrument or if you like gardening or baking or beading, knitting, Mm -hmm. anything that uses your hands, it activates the right brain and you will literally just stop worrying about something. It'll turn it off. Like it's a muscle. Like if you use this muscle, then it'll turn off the other muscle. Hmm. 
Yeah, you know, and I have started getting into some gardening stuff, and I feel like an old lady, but it is so soothing. (laughs) I guess this is why. Yes. Literally, your brain goes into a different mode, and it turns off the left brain, which is the worry mode. It literally is a switch. Mm. I believe it. I've experienced it. You know, I didn't quite have the words to put to it like you just described, but I have completely had that experience. Well, you know, what's powerful is when we connect God's word to it, because when Jesus said, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your soul, the active word is you will find rest. And he said, learn from me. So these two action words, learn from me, you will find rest. Okay. It's a practicing action. So a lot of times we read that verse, we only read verse 28, which is Jesus has come to me and I will give you rest. But he explains in verse 29 how you, he will give you rest. You, we have to learn with Jesus, practice rest with him in order to find it. So it is a very active movement and priority. So now my life is different. So prior to having the panic attacks, I would fill up my calendar first with what needed to be done in terms of my left brain, what what I need to problem solve, what I need to get done for someone, yes. some kind of expectation or responsibility. And now I do a two thing, uh, two I call it two thing approach. Okay. And I talk about it in this book as well. Every day, I think of one thing that's more in the problem solving mode. Like I must do this today. This is important. And always has to have something that I can do. You know what I mean? Mm, I out of all the, all the gazillion things that I have to do, there's some that are going to be like, I have no idea how, (laughs) and it's just a research, but there's one that's like, I can do this and I must do it. It's a left brain. I have that one thing. The second thing is this is one thing that will bring me peace or joy or comfort today. And I will do this. So I always put the second one, the soul care one in priority. Mm, that's good. And then I do the the other must do thing in priority. And then the rest of the day is like anybody's guess as to how much I get done or how I'm going to get it done. But at the end of the day, I feel good because I did what filled me up first or like in priority. Or if I do it later on in the day, say it's like, okay, for that day, I'm going to go to the spa. Or that day, I need to make a doctor's appointment. That's for my wellness, you know? Mm-hmm. Or that day, I need to uh, research, you know, I've been wanting to do these, uh, these um, you know, visits to, um, you know, a museum. Yeah. And I, I want to know, like, what what what's exhibiting. Okay, these things would never be done in the, you know, pre-wellness yeah. Bonnie. It's like, who cares? Like, who cares what's <laughs> showing at the museum? That's... That, that's, that's just luxury and that's selfish, you know? But yeah. now I know through scripture, like, no, the way God made me, like when I'm in a museum, I I, I exhale, I, I enjoy, I feel life is good. Yeah, yep. So, you know, that's important because once I get home, life is chaos. So I need that part of my soul filled so I have something to pour out. And it's a big difference. Every woman knows this. When you take time out for yourself, you come back home, you're lit up, you're, you feel so different. Yeah, it's so true. It's and so how we true. treat, right? Our kids or our spouses versus, you know, we're just grinding it out. Mm-hmm. So this is very important is um, the release. Okay. And then the, the fourth R is, sorry, the third R is restore. So we talked about refresh, breathe in truth, release, breathe out prayer. And third is restore peace restore. So restore. So we've talked about this already about the different actions you have to take. That soul care is active. 
Active. Yeah. It's I like active. That. We have to take it's called putting feet to faith. Feet to faith. I love that. Yes. And this is very important in parenting as well because oh, it is. Um, don't wait until you're in the mood to do things that bring you peace and joy. When you're stressed, you are not in the mood. You're not in the mood. Like, don't even talk to me about, oh, what gives me peace or joy. Like, I'm I'm trying to get something done here, you know? Yeah. But actually, that is the exact indication to us that we have to stop and take time to do something. Because that when we take action, that is what changes our mood. Yeah. And you're right, because oftentimes we wait too long. And we are completely yes. run down and we're completely burnt out and we feel guilty for all the things. And we've kind of like catapulted over the threshold rather than realizing when we're approaching and being like, I need, I need a change or I need to, to, to restore. We are so far gone. And then it's almost like you have to do double the work to get back. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of kind of collateral damage along the way. Yeah. We're talking about emotionally, like with yourself and also the relationships, like our children or our spouses or even our friends. So um, every time somebody shares that with me in my coaching, I I always say, you know what? It's okay because um, this just means you need to take care of yourself. Like, don't don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself about it. It's just saying, well, of course this would happen because you know you need care, you need attention, and you're worth it. And that gets into the last part, which is reflect. Okay. So yes, reflecting on how much God loves you and you're like who you are as a little girl, you know, in order for us to parent as the mother, it's, it's almost like counterintuitive. We have to nurture the child in us. We have to nurture the child in us. And, you know, Jesus actually is a biblical principle. Jesus, um, you know, the disciples kept children away from Jesus because they considered kids time wasters and yeah. they didn't help with any productivity. And yet Jesus says, no, let them come. And he said that we can only enter God's kingdom with the faith as a child. And he also further said, when you welcome any of these little ones in my name, you are welcoming me. That means Jesus is in the heart of every child. Yeah. And in our relationship with God, we are his child. So we need to nurture that child in us. So hmm. that is really, really powerful. Like if I were to ask you, like, what was Susanna? I mean, what what was... What were you like when you were a little girl? What were the things, Susanna, that you enjoyed that brought you joy or peace? Um, probably running around, going to the beach, hanging with my family, playing sports, a lot of outdoor stuff, stuff like that, being free. Mm, yes. So that's beautiful. So things that bring you that sense of freedom. So that would kind of be your color palette about your play. Like, I think you're a kinesthete. There's eight different play personalities I talk about in the book. And so you're a kinesthete, which is um, active, outside, mm. sports, games, you know, competitive or you mm -hmm. know, competitive games or something that like, you know, movement makes you feel like you're having fun and brings life to your spirit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm. So, um, yeah. So those... Those are the four R's. Bonnie, I feel like this is so 
What I'm struck by with your work is I feel like there's like a lot of really helpful things from culture. Like you were saying, like everybody's doing the breathing thing. And then there's like these myths we get in the church about like, if you're getting therapy, you're a failure. And I feel like what you've done is this beautiful job of bringing science and the truths from God together to really promote, you know, wellness. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think this is just going to be like such a wonderful tool that I think, frankly, so many women need. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't just, we just like don't have that permission or that message. And so now more than ever, there's so much stress in raising children in a very secular world that has, you know, very, very unbiblical values. It's very stressful. We are pioneering new territory here. Like we can't look, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say this. We can't look to our parents um, mm. for advice because we're chartering new territory. It is All the different, different you know, political issues, social, cultural issues about sex and gender and about just, I mean, I could go on and on. So like we need more than ever to nurture our souls because we're going to need to draw from those emotional reserves, not to mention, you know, the challenges that come with just parenting and being burned out, but it's whatever you pour into yourself, I guarantee you, because I've, I've seen it happen in my own life, it's going to benefit our children. So uh, for instance, when he's a teenager now, and so when he comes home, sometimes he's really grouchy and he has like a really, you know, bitter, uh, not bitter, bad attitude. Uh huh. So the old Bonnie would have been like, you know what? You don't have a good attitude. You need to watch yourself right now. Okay. You know, that's the way I would speak with him. Uh-huh. You know, I would say, you need to be respectful. You know, I, I would just kind of use the left brain. Like, what are you thinking? Don't you understand? I would lean on my left brain, but now I don't. I do what I call the comfort circle first. So I say, oh boy, um, you must have been a, had a long day. It's a rough day. And he's he might even still say, no, no. And it's like, I understand it now because that's the way I am. When I'm really stressed, you know, I'm just in my stressed out mode. I don't want to talk about it. Right. Right. So oh my gosh. What right. Helps him, right. So before I would have been like upset with him, but now I'm like, oh, I understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say, like, you know what? Um, you know, um, I, I went to Costco this week. I got you some of the cookies you like, you know, um, and you know, we got milk. So, you know, m- take a break, you know, get those cookies and the milk. And um, you know, for dinner tonight, you know, I was thinking about, you know, either lasagna or uh, did you want chicken pasta? You know, it's not spoiling. It's really comforting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is sometimes, a, a this we could do another one on parenting, but, you know, for instance, part of us is like thinking, oh, well, if he's in a bad mood and I'm rewarding him by being nice to him or comforting to him, isn't that just enabling his, you know, bad attitude? No, research shows that comfort will help alleviate the stress first. And we can talk with him later about the correction. So later on after, you know, he's, he's had time to do his homework and I've, you know, provided a comforting presence for him later at night and he's done. He's like, Oh yeah, mom. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with the homework. Phew. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. I'm so glad. Oh, now you, now you can just relax. And later on, I'll talk to him. I said, Hey, you know, I just wanted you to know that, you know, when you first came home, I knew you were stressed, but I wanted you to know how it made me feel when I asked how you were doing. And, you know, it, it was, the way you responded to me, like really hurt, hurt me because it was so harsh. 
So next time, just you need, even if you're having a bad day, you can just say, Hey mom, um, you know, I, I, I just don't want to really talk right now. I'm really stressed. And that will be way better than the way you talked with me. So could you do that next time? Just say like, you know, mom, I really don't feel like talking right now. I'm really stressed. You could tell me how you feel or I'm tired and I'm just, I just don't want to talk right now. And that is totally cool because I get it. Yeah. So that's an example where, you know, because I learned to, you know, understand my own feelings, how to treat myself and take care of myself, I'm able to pass that on to my son. And so now he will say that. He say, hey, mom, um, you know, I just, I just need some quietness right now. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, that's totally cool. Yeah. You know, and I was reading some notes on your new book and, and, you know, all the things. And I feel like you comment on the fact that often there's this myth that like caring for ourselves is like very selfish. And I feel like what you just said is a perfect example where like we can't build that really strong relationship with our kids if we don't know ourselves because then we don't, we can't model what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, if we're not compassionate to ourselves, we're hard on ourselves. We're going to just parent with what we have. So it's not that we're a bad parent, but that's just what we know. You know, we're, we talk negatively to ourselves. We'll say things like, again, this is just me talking to myself, Savannah. <laughs> Savannah, this is just me talking to myself. I never speak this way to anybody. I'll say things like, Bonnie, just suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop complaining. Get it done. <laughs> You know, and then I'll I'll realize, oh my gosh, that's kind of the attitude that I'll talk to my kids. Yeah. Like, just stop complaining. Go do your homework. And I realized this is how I talk to myself. But once I started changing like my soul care practice, how I'm treating myself, it naturally changed how I spoke to Josh or Caleb. It naturally, because I was learning new ways to deal with myself and my stress, I naturally very organically started doing that with my kids. And, and I saw that with the people that I do soul care coaching, there's this one mom, she's like, mom, Bonnie, I, I don't know why I just turned into this other person because, you know, my kids just like make me so upset. Yeah. I said, don't worry about that for right now. Okay. You need to take better care of yourself. You're naturally going to be that fun, loving person that I know you to be. Um, when you g- put more spaces in your life to be and live as that fun, loving person, and naturally, guess what? Over time, exactly what happened. She's like, Bonnie, oh, you know, I, I started researching face masks and then my daughter got into it and now we're actually doing it together, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yep, this is, this is you. I love it. I am so happy for you. So like, you know, that, that created different spaces. And then she started even doing it with her son. She's like, oh yeah, I was like, I found this clay mask and I did it to my son. And he was like, no way, mom, but then it was fun and we did it anyway. So like, Suddenly now these new memories are being created and made. Which is so beautiful and such like a full circle, you know, like so beautiful. I think your book is really going to help so many people. I love the way you're talking about it. Um, I wanted to, I want to be cognizant of your time, Bonnie, but can you finish up by telling us how people can connect with you, where they can learn more? I want you to give me that soul care quiz info again, because I think so many listeners would be really interested in taking that and all the ways they can kind of um, learn more about you. Yeah. I think that the soul care quiz is the perfect place to go. Okay. Soulcarequiz.com. And I'll say that 
uh, URL again. It's very easy. Soulcarequiz.com. And it's a great place to go because from there, once you take the quiz, you'll get my information to sign up for a free Bible study four videos for wellness. And it's the Breathe for Video Wellness Bible Study. It's going to be a free bonus gift only for the first week of April. Okay. Because right now our book just launched this week. So it's a special bonus get bonus gift only for this week. So go ahead and take that quiz and then order that book, Breathe. My book, Breathe, that will be a great guidebook for you. And you can even do this with your friends because... Um, I'm starting in my own home as well with a group of women. Every week, we're going to read a chapter, and every chapter has a truth to breathe in, a breath prayer to breathe out, and a soul care tip to do to lower stress in your body and emotions. And it's so fun to do it together. Yes. So like, I won't get into it because I know we're at the end of our time together. But for instance, one week's challenge is to buy yourself some flowers. Oh, Yes. Because I'm sure many women buy flowers for their other friends when you go visit a friend or you hear they're, you know, fooling down. But, you know, how often do we buy flowers for ourselves? Well, you're going to learn the scriptural basis for why flowers are God's gifts to you and scientifically why they will lower the stress hormone cortisol and activate that rest and relaxation response. So when you go through Safeway or, you know, wherever you're shopping, you're going to be like, I can confidently buy this for myself because <laughs> God wants it for me and it's going to help me lower stress. I love so that's it. That's an example. Yeah. And I'll share once a week after you get together. Hey, what did you do? And what was it like? So, and that's to a great idea too, to do it yeah. together. Yeah. Yes. It's so fun. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.